When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership Podcast. Subscribe now so you don't miss a drop of straight talk you can't get anywhere else. We discuss the whiskeys to drink, music to listen to, and what it really takes to be an effective leader. I'm your host, Galen Bingham, the leadership strategist. Tonight's guest, mediocrity disruptor and owner of Downset Lead, Rod Bourne. Hey, what you drink? Okay, let's take a walk on the more dangerous side of life because this guest is someone who I believe this is going to be an amazing conversation. And the reason why I say I believe is because I've never had a conversation with him before. And so this is this is this is going to be dangerous. But I just I trust my spidey senses, and with a name like Born, the you know that bar is kind of high. So Rod Born, welcome to Whiskey Jazz and Leadership. How are you doing? Thank you, sir. It is wonderful to be here. I am great. Well, hey, you know, again, you know, just another another dude who's listening to the podcast and said, wait a second, this whiskey jazz leadership, this sounds like a conversation I need to be a part of. And we we connected and he said, you know, hey, look, let, let, let's set up a conversation just to see if it makes sense for us to connect on the show. And I said, ah, Pisha, throw that to the wind. Well, let's just turn on the microphone and make this happen. So, dude, you're in, man. <laughs> love it, love it. Thank you so much. This is a treat. It's a treat. Well, well, hey, man. We so so since since we don't really know each other officially, I've got a ton of questions. But as you may know, the first question and uh, the question that's really going to determine the 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 magnitude of our relationship. What you drinking? <laughs> So I've got myself some Jefferson's very small batch. Don't ask me how small. I just know it's very small and it's also very good. Oh my so gosh. This was, this was a, a, a gift to me. A friend of mine knows that I'm a fan of, I, I, I love American history, especially revolutionary history. Thomas Jefferson is certainly prominent and um, he's known to have grown some, some good stuff down on, his uh, property, and uh, so this was a, a nice treat. Well, I, I was actually down there one time, Galen, 
you want to talk about luck. So my wife and I, we, we were just dating at the time, but we were serious enough that I went down, visited her parents uh, down in, uh, they were in Huntsville, Alabama at the time. And on the way back, it was Easter weekend. And I said, I've got to go to Monticello. And so we get there and guess who was presenting that day? Remember a guy named Mikhail Gorbachev? <laughs> yeah. No lie. No lie. We show up and they're putting chairs out in the main lawn in the, in the big circle in front of his house. I'm like, what's going on? Oh, Mikhail Gorbachev is talking today. I'm like, are you serious? So not only did I get to see the, the house and everything, we toured the grounds in a beautiful area. And, and then as soon as we were allowed, I got in the front row, got to see the former premier of, uh, of the Soviet Union and then Russia, because he, I mean, he was the man. So that was like amazing. Wow. I mean, okay. So I can tell that you and I are going to hit it off. We're, we're going to be good friends. I can see this right now because that's an amazing story. You're drinking some amazing juice. And so, uh, you know, I, I give some thought as to what I break out for my guests based upon how I think that conversation is going to go. So I, I broke out something that I haven't tasted before. And this is a Yellowstone Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Now I've had Yellowstone before, but I've had I've had the small batch. This is single barrel, so so this one is this one is clocking in at, at 115 proof. So this is this is some real juice. And the other thing the other thing that kind of matches the daring of this conversation is this was actually given to my wife. <laughs> And I just, I just believe that she loves me enough for this to be okay. So I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna pull the tab. <laughs> I'm gonna pull this tab. I think. Pop this open. And uh, I'm gonna sit. Oh my gosh, this is. Um. Oh my lord, this has got some juice to it, some spice to it. I'm gonna sit and enjoy this. And I would love for you to share, not only with my audience, but share with me a little bit about your background and and what you're doing because you you've got kind of an interesting background, and and your business is something that uh, not only will benefit our listeners. I think that it would probably benefit a lot of people who are trying to build awareness. And so I just really would love to get a background on, on who you are and what you do. Absolutely, thank you. So I backed into my what was my first career, which is human resources. How I did that and, and that whole bit played very heavily into what it is that I'm interested in today in, in working with people and organizations. But I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I was going to school. My parents were both teachers. And the only advice they could give me was do not become a teacher. And I'm glad that they said that because I honestly, I, I gave it some hard thought because I do like working with people and, and presenting and all that. So I had to pick something by the time I was a junior, the girl I was dating at the time was in HR. 
I knew that it had to be something with business. I am the last person you want going over your books and looking at your numbers. So it couldn't be finance, couldn't be accounting. It was marketing or HR at the school that I was at. And she, I was like, all right, you're in HR. You like it? I'll go into HR. And so the first 15 years of my career were you know, progressive steps through human resources, a lot of good companies, a couple of, of tough spots, but, but that's how you learn. And I, I know that we're audio here. If people could see me, they would see that I've got nothing on top of my head. And I, and I tell people that's what 15 years in human resources did for me. I, you know, years and years, especially of doing investigations, Galen, of uh, a, you know, so-called adults, 30, 40, 50 year old people acting like three, four year old kids in a sandbox that can't get along. And so I, I'm coming out with a book and the book I, I started writing a long time ago. And what I was doing, I was collecting all of the anecdotes of the investigations that I'd done. And I got so jaded towards the end of my HR career that I would literally ask a person, so before I fire you, I have one question for you. What were you thinking? <laughs> you know, all the time, Galen, people would, would give me what they thought was a very legitimate, you know, response. And, you know, well, this is, I'm like, you know, so I became very jaded and I, and I was going to call my book, What Were You Thinking? And as I started putting it together more recently, I, I realized it's really all about leadership and we can get into that later on. But so about 15 years in HR, I, I had had my fill and one of my mentors invited me to apply for a job where she worked at. She worked at a community college. She said, we've got a position that I think you'd be great at. It's essentially contract training, going out and working with organizations in our area and developing relationships and developing contracts for us to do training. And I said, great. And I did that for about a dozen years. And with my background, in instructional design and organizational development. I've got my master's in, in, in OD. I found that more and more I was doing or being asked to do the training for these companies. And I loved the job. I loved what we were doing. And eventually I said, I, I should just be doing this for myself, by myself. And the timing seemed right. I was antsy. I, I wanted more to do. And so I created my company, which I called Downset Lead. The book title came first, and then I, I was like, I like the book title. I'm going to call my company that. And so I am founder and lead ninja for Downset Lead. And, and I do strategic planning with companies. They hire me to help them out with that. Uh, I'm a speaker, presenter. One of the things that I love to do, and, and this kind of goes back to what I first started talking about when I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up in-house mentoring programs. Um, mentoring is near and dear to me. It's one of the most important things that we as humans, as business people should be doing with and for one another. And I love facilitating in-house mentoring programs for companies. And that's what I do. Wow. that That is quite the story. And I'm always fascinated when I hear the story of people who appear to be in the space that they were created for. And the thing that fascinates me is how it's it's hardly ever a straight line. It, it, it's hardly, uh, as a matter of fact, I, I, I talked today to really the first person who ever said, in the seventh grade, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. 
right? And I, you know, I put things in place and I got the education, got the training for that thing. And today I'm doing that thing. Most people, there is usually this very nuanced story, this journey that makes no sense when you are on it. But looking back, I can see why all the how all the parts connect. And so, yeah, I mean, for me, and you know, you, you've heard me talk about this, that for me, that's jazz, right? That's getting from point A to point B when there is no script, but you look back and, oh my God, it just, it everything just kind of connects, everything harmonized. I can, I can absolutely see how it connects. Uh, talk, talk to me a little bit about that journey. Uh, there had to have been times when you were thinking, oh my God, this is going nowhere. I'm going to end up you know, on the streets or on my, or on my parents' sofa, because clearly I have, I have no idea what I was put on this planet to do. Did that ever happen to you? Or were you like, uh, again, you know, seventh grade, I'm going to end up, you know, yeah, doing no, this that, exactly. that was my son. My son, from the time he was that age, if not earlier, he knew he wanted to be an engineer, make better roads and bridges. But I agree with you. Uh, and that's what he's finishing school with right now. Um, but I agree with you. I, I think it's very difficult and it's a lot of pressure for young people to know, ah, this is exactly what I want to be doing. You know, we, we see articles, you hear, you know, the, the job that you're going to be in 10 years from now doesn't exist now. And there's a lot of truth to that axiom, I think, that we don't know what technology and what the economy is going to change into. Certainly back in 2017, 2018, no one was predicting that we'd be in the position that we are in now, but here we are. So it really helps to, you know, and I think jazz is a wonderful kind of analogy with this, Galen, is that, you know, it's a, it's a flow. It really is. And you have to have at least some degree of malleability Instead of fighting and trying to swim up against the river, I'm going to love this river. I'm going to see where it takes me. When I'm doing some training, sometimes I'll talk about what it's like to be on a white water rafting trip. And sometimes you're just kind of smoothly going along. Other times it's paddle as fast as you can. Other times it's duck and fall into the boat uh, and you just wait until you get through it. Sometimes you get thrown from it but you've got your vest on that has a pillow to protect the back of your head. You have your helmet on. You've got four or five other people in the boat. You've got guides around you. They're throwing ropes. And I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, it was only just a handful of years ago that it dawned on me that it's okay to, to jump into the flow and get and swim towards the boat that you really want to be in. I learned Two years ago, I heard this great quote. There are people out there waiting to love you. And it just really sat with me. And that's what I really encourage people to do when I'm coaching them is what sings to you and, and go to that thing, whatever it is. As long as it's a good, healthy thing, go to it because that's where you belong. And you can, you can be you and None of us are really happy until we really are who we are. Wow. I love, I love the way you're pulling this together. And this reminds me of 
the episode that you told me that really sparked your your interest and your curiosity. And we'd have to go all the way back to season two. And it was the conversation I had with Ms. Carol Alzan Cabanez, who is a colleague of mine from Paris. And the, the, you have to double back and check out that episode. It's called Cocktail in Paris. And she talks about flow. She talks about finding your flow. And just as you described, we can all envision how romantic it would be to tell a story that I swam against the odds and I, 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 can, I, I defeated all these dragons that were standing in between me and, and my destiny and, and here's my cape and here's my sword and that's a romantic story. But most people get killed when they try to do that in reality. It's so much easier to pick a spot downstream that you believe that the current is taking you to. And how do you navigate the rapids? How do you navigate to try to end up at that spot downstream rather than swimming upstream? And so this idea of flow, I, I think that there's something to that. Uh, talk a little bit more about the courage that it takes to decide, hey, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to find my flow uh, instead of this popular narrative of picking this place across the across the the river and swimming as hard as you can, because like I said before, that's how folks get killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a scary thing, Galen, to let go of the side of the pool. It really is. You know, you're out there, and I've been on this wonderful planet for five decades now, and it wasn't until the last few years that a lot of this is just kind of pieced together for me. I, I know I keep coming back to the importance of mentors, mm. but you are never too young. You are never too old. You are never in such a place that you should not have a mentor. And one of the things that I challenge people to do is you should be able to name two mentors that you have right now in your life, one for your professional life, one for your personal life. You should, I should, we should all be able to point to two people in our lives that were kind of like, I love that person. I want to be them or like them when I grow up. And for me, the, the most recent time was when I, when I decided to go out on my own, start my own business. Because from the time I was 22 years old, I, well, I'm, heck, I was working when I was 13, 14 years old. But going out on your own, that's scary. You know, doing anything that, that you're like, I'm, I'm going to go be me. That takes courage because we all think that we're weird, but the, but the thing is, Galen, we are our own worst critic. If we let people love us, they will love us. If you find people who don't love you, they really aren't worth very much of your time. And the world is big enough and the pie is big enough for them to go have their sour pie over there and you go find what works for you. And for the people that make you feel good, you know, I was 48 years old and this guy that I had met just a couple of years prior, just a business guy. And he just really impressed the socks off of me. And we started hanging out, you know, go out for a beer every once in a while. And we just started developing really, really good conversation. And he had his own business and he had had his own business for years and years. And I'm telling him what my plans are. I'm thinking of doing this, thinking of this. And he's just, Rod, do it. Rod, do it. Rod, do it. You'll be fine. 
I mean, he was literally like cheering from the side of the pool saying, let go, let go, let go. I finally did. And I'm like, holy cow, I'm not sinking. He's like, of course you're not, you know, you know, you found where you belong. The rapids have taken you to the eddy that you belong in. Now just go be you. And that's what I'm doing right now, man, is, is, you know, for the, you know, ever since I let go of the side of the pool a few years ago, you know, I grow every day. I learn something new every day and I still have my mentors and your mentors change based on what it is that you need and you're looking for, but you still have mentors, whatever it is you need. Oh, wow. I, I love it, man. I mean, and that I, I'd love to have that conversation because that's really been what season three has been about. Uh, if you go back to the beginning of the season, some of the first conversations were people who I have admired, some from afar, you know, and some pretty up close and personal. You know, one of my original mentors, Mr. Joe Cavalier. The third conversation in season three was with Mr. Joe Cavalier, Jim Jim Dinkins. Uh, you know, a guy that I admired kind of from afar. We were in the same organization, but now he's doing great things. And I I often think in certain situations how might Jim Dinkins approach this, this particular thing that I'm getting ready to get into, you know, even, even people, and they don't have to necessarily be people who are older than you uh, because one of my mentors that I think of is actually just a little younger than, than I, but he was the, he's the former CEO of Anheuser-Busch. And if you double back again to the beginning of season two, you, you hear my conversation with Dave Peacock doing amazing things, but just his approach and his combination of focus on the business, but then focus on the community and how do you intertwine those two to build real relationships, which are always at the corner of, of your business or at your, at your career. Uh, those are some of my mentors that I've, I've brought into uh, this podcast. Uh, I'm curious about, uh, and I call it your invisible board of directors. And I, I've got I've got a pretty extensive invisible board of directors, but you've got a pretty interesting one as well. You got some people on here that that I've heard a lot of people talk about they admire, and I'm not overly surprised that it would be uh, that they would be on your board of directors. But then you've got a couple people. I'm just going to tell you, I did I didn't see Damon John. I didn't see Damon John coming as a member of your board. Talk to me a little bit about who's on your board of directors uh, and, and then why, because you've pulled together, like I said, a, a pretty strong board. Well, thanks. Uh, you know, when, when I read your question as kind of a prep for this, I was like, oh, I love this question because it's kind of, it reminded me of if you could pull, you know, five or six people from history to, to have dinner with, it reminded me very much of that. So I kind of, it was kind of loaded for me already. But, you know, I'm, I'm a huge believer in kind of like what Abe Lincoln said was, you know, you've, you've got to have a, a diverse group of people around you or else you're doomed to not see the world for all that it is. And it doesn't mean that you have to have people that you, you know, are completely the opposite of um, people that you don't like. But, but I mean, people who they're knowledgeable, they bring something to the table. You don't have, you know, it doesn't have to be the first person or even the fifth person that you would want to go have dinner with. But it, it's important to have that so that people can be like, Rod, I think you're missing this because that's what you need to have 
good, you know, whether it's mentors or board of directors for yourself or whatever. So I, so Abe Lincoln is there, um, you know, he's top of the list, uh, amazing person with, you know, where he came from, what he did, his vision. I mean, you talk about someone who had the vision, Abe Lincoln paid for it, the ultimate price for his vision, but, but an amazing person. And I, I think probably, you know, the, the best leader that this country's ever had. I can go back in time uh, and find people who beat the odds. Uh, Empress Wu Zetian, um, who was an early leader in China, uh, you know, she broke the mold for for decades and millennia. Men, usually the guys in charge are the guys, and she broke the mold on that, and she she made the world her own. Mark Twain, who I love, so so Galen, I love humor. If if you aren't having fun. There's something wrong. You're you doing know, something I, wrong. You know, you know, however you define fun, you've got to go have fun. I mean, one of the things I like about you is you've always got a smile on your face. So, um, but you know, Mark Twain, one of the wittiest people, and I just, I really wish that I could have known him. I mean, he says some of those poignant things, you know, making you think while you laugh, which is a real gift, real gift. Lee Iacocca, because I, I wanted somebody from from industry who you know he he helped build Ford up. He saved Chrysler. Stephen Covey, leadership guru. Angela Merkel, again another woman who you know was dominating and and did incredibly well in a, in a men's world. Damon John. So here's why I picked him. I love Shark Tank. I love capitalism. I love. Stories, you know, I, I love watching all the different people come in and, and they make their pitches. And I love when the sharks tell them, you know, you don't have a business; you have a hobby or whatever, or, or you know, you you know, you're, you're resting on daddy's money or whatever. And I, I like most all of them a lot. But the thing I really like about him is you can see he has a heart. I mean, he's a businessman, but he has a heart and. You can tell from uh, that he relates to the people who are struggling, pushing it, believe in themselves. And there's that man who's reaching out and saying, let me pull you up. And that, and that's what a mentor does. And I love how he does it. I love how he does it. And then I just rounded it out with a couple of you know, personal folks that, that are my current mentors, uh, Pastor Al Reeves, uh, this man can bring heaven down to earth uh, every time he talks. And it, you know, it's, it's really funny, Galen, for the last four, oh, geez, no, it's been longer than that, probably the last six or seven years, he and I have double teamed on a particular presentation that he and I give uh, to a local leadership organization. Um, they call on us and we must be doing a good job <laughs> asking us that, but but they ask us to, to kind of lead a conversation about what are you going to do to give back? And the first time I met Al, I was like blown away. And I was like, how am I going to follow this? We joke every time and like, okay, you know, now I'm going to try to at least catch half of what Pastor Reeves did. But, you know, each year, He's like, Rod, you're getting better and better. You're getting better and better. You're getting better. And this past year, Galen, he gave me the best compliment. He sat down, he watched me, and he said, you are now better than me. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's no way. Because the man, like I said, he can bring heaven down onto earth. He, he's he got 
you know, this huge room, you know, give me an amen, brothers and sisters, <laughs> you know, giving it right back to them. And, you know, to, and to hear someone who you look up to, you know, say, you've got it, you're as good or better than me. I, I mean, I, I still don't think I'm as good as he is. I don't. But to hear the encouragement from somebody who means a lot to you, say, you've made it. Congratulations. I mean, I'm getting chills just thinking about, you know, when it happened because it meant so much to me. And um, he's just a wonderful person. He's a great friend. And he and Jay Allenby, who's the gentleman I told you about who owned his business and kept telling me, let go and do it, Rod. You got this. You got this. You got this. You got this. And I finally believed him and, and the, the others. And, and I still look up to Jay. I look up to Pastor Al Reeves. And they're just wonderful people. Hey, it's not too late. Hit that subscribe button so you're sure to catch the next episode. If you're really enjoying the vibe, leave us a review or become a VIP for guests and show exclusives. Cheers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.